Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity with Susan Shereko, where we help you transform your life by changing what you're telling yourself. Whatever your circumstances, you can experience health, financial security, and a sense of well-being once again. And now, here's your host, Susan Shereko. On behalf of Rebuilding Your Life Radio and the Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power calls, welcome. I'm joined today by Mihailo Suptik from Montreal. But his book is about the downside east side of Vancouver, where he currently resides. So please help me welcome Mihailo Subotic. Hello, Mihailo. Hi, thanks for having me. Welcome. I'm pleased to do so. I'm excited about this call. It's kind of fun. Yeah, I'm pleased to be here. Mihailo, how did this all come about that you uh, got involved? Yeah, well, uh, one day I received a message from a friend asking for a coffee. Uh, so Alicia Osborne is a local barber here in Vancouver, and um, she wanted to start a uh, charity to, to bring out the misconceptions of the downtown East. So she wanted to partner up with me in the sense to do a before and after series of the people residing in that community. The goal is to change the stigma of that part of town. So what we want, so what she did is she offered complimentary haircuts to everybody um, in the downtown east side. And she wanted to help time to build awareness and start a conversation about the misconceptions regarding homelessness and addiction and so on. And uh, I was very much uh, flattered to be a part of it, to do the um, photography side of the, the project, which is the before and after portrait. So, so basically her idea was that she would donate a haircut to somebody in the park or in the, the location, and you would offer to do photos and they could do it or not do it. Um, and then if they did it, you would, you would turn the photos into something that helps the community. Right, just a, a little bit of narrative uh, about the person we are fortunate to meet with uh, at the time. It's a complimentary shave and haircut, so it, anyone, everyone and everyone's open to it. And uh, yes, uh, the photography side of it is in addition to the project. So if they say no, that's fine. My camera stays down and the hair goes on and we just still have a chat and so on. But if they do say yes, it's a wonderful um, connection between the two of us because they allowed us to come into their space and you know, photograph, uh, photograph them and tell a bit of a narrative of themselves. Well, Mahalo, why did she ask you? What's your oh, background? I don't know why she asked me. Maybe I should ask her that question myself. I never did. I was so happy that <laughs> I was one of the people on the list and I was the one that got picked. So I didn't question it. <laughs> but what did you do? Pardon me? What did you do that she would even think to ask you? Uh, well, actually, Alicia and I met years ago. Uh, I used to work uh, in restaurants, and she used to work at the barbershop directly beneath the restaurant. So we met one day. She came up for lunch. She said hi. I said hi. And we ended up seeing each other a lot of week because we both worked very close to each other. And just kind of the relationship built from there. And uh, she knew I was a photographer. And uh yeah, she called me up one day and said, hey, I got an idea for this charity and I have a project that I want to tie to it. And let's talk. Well, that's the operative word. You're a photographer. She knew you were a photographer. 
She did. What kind of photography did you do? Uh, well, um, I used to, well, formerly I was a cinematographer. So I, I kind of, I stopped doing that and I decided to pick up still camera instead. But because my background is cinematography, I'm used to doing narrative style portraits. Uh, so it's kind of depending on, you know, what the person in front of you wants to convey or talk about or bring a, a point about. Uh, I develop a somehow narrative structure around that and present that as a portrait series. Uh, do you create a storyboard? Uh, yes and no. It's, um, I guess in the cinematography terms, yeah, it, it is a storyboard, but it's more in the sense of uh, identifying who this person is and showing their story in a sequence of photos. But yeah, I guess in the cinematography side of things, it, it's known as a storyboard. And when did you get the idea to turn it into a book? What had to happen? Oh, well, the first mention of that was actually during the uh, initial conversation with uh, Alicia and myself. It was something where neither of us knew what this could become or, or anything. So we said, let's do it for a year and see what it is. And I mentioned, I said, look, if we get enough material, is it okay to do some sort of book about it? And, you know, we were both open to the idea. And then as we started uh, progressing into it, we started meeting more and more and more and more people and more and more and more stories. And, and then we had enough material and we just looked at each other and says, we can do a book. And we decided to put one together. And instead of making it about us in the sense of, hi, I'm the photographer and I did this. And she's like, I'm the barber and I did this. It's the stories are about the people we got to meet versus us. So one advantage with uh, putting that book out is, is it's offering an educational tool to a lot of people who are identified with certain struggles in their life. And how did, was it difficult to find a way to publish it? Uh, yes and no. I mean, we decided to self-publish. Uh, so it's just more of a cost and things like that. But no, it wasn't difficult. We decided to keep it uh, amongst ourselves, just because this is our very particular project, and we will prefer to keep our the control of the books between Alicia and us. Now, here is where an interesting twist comes in. This is actually produced. You created this as part of a charity. Mm -hmm. What is the charity, and how does it work? Uh, well, the charity is called Two Paychecks Away. Uh, and that's created by Alicia Osborne. And the complimentary shaves and haircuts are part of the um, what the, she offers as part of her charity. Does any money go back into the community? That if you if you sell enough books, do they get money for some purpose? Absolutely. Uh, the proceeds of the books go back into uh, the community. So what it does is proceeds of the book goes into uh, two paychecks away. And one, one really unique thing about Two Paychecks Away is that it's a charity that makes money for other charities. So the, the proceeds of the book uh, go to Two Paychecks Away. And then as they progress uh, and choose which charity to help out in this any particular time. So it gets spread around the downtown east side uh, and just to help in any way we can. Sort of like a community chest here in, L, you know, in the, in the States where there's a, a one holding fund and they disperse it from there that's one way to put it Wait, how yeah how long have you been doing this 
Oh, uh, I don't know exactly when, but at least six years now. And you do you, you don't do this full time? Uh, well, it, it kind of goes in uh, in waves. There's a lot of times where we would have a lot more bookings than other days, and at the same time, finding a location to actually provide the haircuts uh, at times is a lot more difficult than not. So it, it kind of kind of juggles ups and downs like that a little bit. Now, as I understand it, because of the government does get into these things, you yourself cannot be part of the charity. You have to stand aside or stand back from that in some way. What is what is that about? Well, it's one of those uh, it's one of those moments where it's kind of like a step to the side, but to help us move forward uh, in a sense. So when we were talking about doing the book and we were publishing, um, you know, we were printing the books ourselves and it's a huge cost and the minimum order was at least 500 or something like that so it was really outrageous so i took an opportunity to join with freezing press it's a publishing company and i uh i broke it i brokered a deal with them to publish uh, a book and we decided to publish a um a second edition which was uh Great. We did, uh, changed the from the first draft a little bit and added a few more things, and it was great. However, because I personally am the one that is in business with Freezing Press, the proceeds actually go into my account versus the charity's account. However, if there's anyone making a profit, you lose your charity status. So I have to step out of it for one, uh, for them to not lose their status, and also to help us take a huge leap forward and come up with a book series. How many books have you done so far? Well, so far it's one book with uh, two uh, with a second edition, and uh, we are working on book two. Oh, wonderful. And where are those books available? Uh, the books are available at my website, which is booksbymihilo.com. And my name is spelled M-I. H-A-I-L-O. Uh, as well, you can find the copies uh, of the books purchased from the charity website, which is twopaychecksaway.org. And paychecks is spelled the Canadian way. So it is P-A-Y-C-H-E-Q-U-E-S. And it's the number two instead of T-W-O. Apologies in advance for the complication. <laughs> we, we're we're Canadian based. We're we're from Vancouver, BC, both... Canada. <laughs> That's right. You are Canadian. Always a tougher way to do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just the difference. I it's just the difference. It has nothing to do with anybody. It's just a few so spelling are these changes. Projects difficult to. That's right. That's hmm. right. It has to, you know that English origin or the french origin whichever one it is but um are these things difficult to piece together i mean visually yes and no it, i mean everyone's getting a haircut so when it comes to the shots i'm going to take i'm going to repeat myself after two people right it's people getting their hair trimmed buzzers mm -hmm. and, and so on however let's say the order of images that are presented will relate to the story that we hear in front of us of the person we are fortunate enough to meet. Uh, some stories are uh, more 
heartfelt and other stories are just more morbid a lot of bad things happen on the downtown east side a lot of people a lot of tough tough stories and but under all that you 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 hear this there's this quiet strength and this quiet confidence people are just going to keep keep pushing forward and one thing about this project is it focuses on the long game versus you know like an immediate satisfaction as we are you know in these days with iphones and all that fun stuff um not as much because people love uh to get a haircut and when they see that there's no it's pretty much how you want to look there's a, that's a very particular question that alicia asked every person we get to uh, so we are fortunate enough to meet and there's no restrictions in the sense of alicia look at the person and go okay i see what hairstyle you have i'm just going to clean it up it's more how do you want to look and everything starts from that so you you really get into their self-image yeah and it's done through through a, a genuine connection because one thing about happy endings these days are tacked on people try to are purposely trying so hard to be woke and pc and and all that so their happy endings are just added however those endings aren't earned and two paychecks away gets that there's a genuine connection with the people that get uh, that we get to meet and it stems from this from this one moment that uh, this unique individual comes in with a unique story and Alicia suddenly offers for a way for them to how they always wanted to look and it helps help them come together help them see themselves in a different light their confidence rises it's a, it's a very very unique moment and I'm so grateful I get to be in the room that sounds so wonderful you know when when I do coaching we ask something similar which is what would you love not right. you know what are you able to do you know what are you going to be allowed to do but what would you love to do and it has a similar feeling to it that you get into a different side of a human being yeah uh, where they find joy in what they're getting mm -hmm. that's fabulous yeah. now you just told me that you only work one day a week or you know maybe it varies some days more some days less do you have another outlet for work at this point do you have your own photography business uh well you know as a, i mean as a photographer yes i i do i do portraits uh and i have my own uh, studio in that sense but this project has uh uh has has been so unique and grand that i started focusing on a newer venture which is to kind of start my own little mini publishing company and purposely partner up with nonprofits and registered charities to uh you know to help create these uh, legacy books around the around the values they represent and uh that's kind of what's been slowly taking up more of my time to get that going and get that ready and I'm I'm happy that it's ready to go that's fabulous yeah. um what do you think motivates you to do this oh as a former cinematographer the narrative is is a big uh big component you know it's not just a bunch of cool shots cut together that's uh that's a music video uh so with these projects being about someone there is this there's this narrative 
And that's what really drew me to it because I felt like, okay, I can do this. This makes more sense to me. The difference is I'm shooting 24 frames a second. I'm just shooting one. And that's, uh, yeah, that's the kind of the biggest thing that, that really drew me to the project. I felt this was a, a still photography side of a cinematography project. Mm. As you just said, when you start to see somebody take on their look, are you capturing that while they are, they have the old look, they come into the space and they get asked the question and they think about it. Right. And then they come up with an idea. You get to capture it all the way through the stages. If they decide to be photographed, absolutely. And uh, the before and after series is is great because it, it starts with the genuine connection starts there because it, it's not a, this isn't staged. It's not a, uh, okay, come here, stand here and turn your shoulders and so on. It's just, hi, thank you very much for allowing me to photograph. Just stand here and face me. And that's it. Just be. Mm-hmm. And then they sit in the chair and just this, there's a few moments that I know specifically to be at the red. One is right when they start noticing that their haircut's starting to take shape. They just, everyone just looks at it and then yeah. they have this instant spark. And I'm always at the ready for that one particular moment. And the before and after of that part is very more candid. Just, you know, you start chatting and you just have these very kind of opening warm shots of the barber and the person and they're just smiling together and you can see the beginning of the haircut and and so on. But specifically that moment when they start to notice their haircut taking shape and now they really, really, really start changing their their attitudes, uh, what you call their... um, their uh, the personas and stuff. They're finally looking like they want to look, and it's just mark. That is, it's a very special moment. I love that. Yeah. It's uh, and and do you feel as if it takes them out of what is the despair of downtown East Side? That that's a place where you, you you feel you had to go, you didn't have enough money, you're on drugs, whatever the your story is. Does the change in the look change their outlook? Um, yes and no. We do have people come in who are, are incredibly moved by what's going on. And there's a very unique and very intimate setting. It, it's not a crowd of people. Uh, you know, it, we're making sure that this is for this individual specifically, and there happens to be this photography project tied to it. It's that simple. So when we're just just listening to, just chatting, and, there, and there's no specific direction this conversation is going, it's just going, you start to see, you know, un, an understanding. They, st- You know, people start to feel they're heard and that they're understood and that there's a comprehension they under they understand people understand their point of view on the flip side of that coin people have come in got a haircut said one sentence words and that's it and left okay that's fine (laughs) but uh but a huge majority (laughs) of people uh say okay to the photos and they can just tell by the intimate setting that this has a different tone to it versus someone walk around going click 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 and and so on that is something alicia and i certainly wanted to not do 
uh, from day one when we were talking about, you know, how is this thing going to look? And we both noticed a similar uh, style of um, videos on Facebook and so on, where one barber uh, goes to a, a part of town where it's filled with homeless people and he picks one guy to to do a haircut. And at the same time, there's all these different shots and angles that are in perfect unison. So that means there's four more cameramen there. So that's five people in total. And then a drone shot. So that's six people. And just that in itself, you're not here to offer a service to this individual. You're here for you. So that was yeah. the starting point in the sense of how do we do the complete opposite of that? And then that started the, the wheels to turn. And then we, off we went. And have been doing it. I mean, that's just an amazing situation. What are your long-term goals, Mahalo? Uh, well, my long-term goals is, is to start pursuing this uh, also with other charities and other, uh, other organizations. Um, with the opportunity now to you know, be a help, you know, help people create their very own legacy book where, you know, that this is a wonderful story about Alicia Osborne and the creation of two paychecks away. And this, this is something that we hope will outlive us. So I really enjoy the opportunity to meet with other charities and nonprofits and create these legacy books that are part of teaching tools to the youth of the the youth of the times <laughs> yeah well it's i mean it the word legacy is so powerful because that's that really is something that I hear from time to time mm-hmm. where people are you know when they move on they're sixty five they're seventy five years old and they want some kind of legacy to show that they've been here right and I get the feeling your the legacy of these books is more about the organizations that are trying to make a difference, that have a message to get out. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's more in the sense of if I was to pitch this to another organization, it'll be more in the sense, what values do you represent? What points do you want to bring up? And I will photograph that. And together we can turn this into a book that we use as a teaching tool. For example, there's a lot of classes that you did in, let's say, high school that you had to do. But wouldn't it be great to have a class on budgeting? Just to have someone come in and teach you how to live on 500 bucks a week. You know, and (laughs) charities have very, very specific points about misconceptions and so on. So it would be great to have a book tailored around that and that you can now bring into a classroom and you know, educate people on the difference between physical exhaustion and mental exhaustion. You know, when you're not aware of these things, you just feel like you're tired. You don't realize that your your brain is exhausted. And having these legacy books will help change, uh, hopefully, change the curriculum a little bit. Very interesting. That's a that's an important thing. I mean, what might be missed in in everyday school settings this is different and yeah. it opens up new avenues of communication so that's that's and and visual communication there is there's something to be said for that which is not the written word oh wow thanks 
<laughs> I appreciate that compliment. <laughs> well, thanks, Mahilo. I really want to appreciate you for sharing the information. You're booking on this whole legacy process that you're doing. Um, let's remind our listeners that we've been speaking with Mahilo Sabatik about his book, Two Paychecks Away, Heads and Tails of the Downtown East Side which is available on Amazon, Apple Books, I guess on Google if you search it. And then you have other books available and things on booksbymahilo.com. And these are photo essays in a way, correct? Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of like a thesis except done visually instead <laughs> of uh instead right? of just words after words after words after words after words. Yes, and and the concept of these books was created to raise money to support people on downtown east side uh, of Vancouver. And what a wonderful way to get monies to flow uh, to some pretty, maybe some pretty small organizations that need the help. Yeah. Thanks for having so, Susan. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate your coming on and spending some time for us. Um, we're going to bring this in for a landing now. So thanks to all who've joined us. Bye for now and have a great day. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you've been inspired by this show, leave a rating or review on iTunes and visit www.rainbowsoverruins.com to receive a free chapter from Susan's book. On behalf of Susan Shereko, this has been Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity, Sharing the Journeys of Those Affected by Sudden and Great Loss, and What They Did to Heal, Rebuild, and Where They Are Now.